You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Excited to be back with you and study God's Word, and today what I want to talk to you about is caring for the poor. Caring for the poor from chapter 2 of Amos, verses 6 and 8. Now, I was reminded of this as I was reading through the book of Amos, and also just looking at my daughter who's doing a fundraiser at her school, and she just has a gift of generosity and um, loves to take care of people. And there's this fundraiser she's doing to care and meals for people in Haiti and help. And she's always so eager to do this. And I was just reminded how much God cares for poor people, and he wants us to help poor people. Now, it sounds terrible, but often in our society, we favor the rich, the popular, uh, the gifted, um, those that even we idolize and look up to and want to become. But God, He doesn't want us to show favoritism at all. He wants us to love all people, and this includes poor people, those that can't help us and give us something uh, back for our generosity. And so, uh, as I was reading Amos last week, Amos was this herdsman, a uh, shepherd who was used by God to speak to the Gentiles and the Jewish nation. And his name literally means a burden barrier. So he had this crazy hard burden for the nations, for the uh, surrounding Israel and Israel and Judah itself. And the burden he was calling out to these people was to live for God, to walk in holiness. If you think about a theme verse for Amos, it's Amos chapter 5 verse 24. He says, but let uh, but let justice roll down like waters and righteous like an ever-flowing stream. God used Amos to tell um, us how important it is to walk in justice, to walk in love, and to care for people. But sadly, the nations at the time, including Judah and Israel, they weren't walking in justice and they weren't walking in the ways of God. And so Amos carries this burden of righteousness from God and warns people to repent. Uh, at the time, both Judah and Israel... Uh, they were enjoying prosperity, security. They were actually prosperous and very rich. Uh, you see this in Amos chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. Amos 5, 1 through 6 tells us that uh, luxury abounded, luxury, access. They had plenty, okay? And so they were had plenty, they had access, they were living in luxury. But as you read the book of Amos and through the book of Amos, you start to see that making money was more important than worshiping God. And, and Amos calls them out. Amos chapter five, or, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, he says this. See, the rich were exploiting uh, the poor. The judicial system was corrupt at that time, and injustice was flourishing. Amos 5, 11 through 14. Amos 8, 4 through 6 tells us this. Uh, giving you a lot of references of Amos, because obviously we're not going to read the entire book. Just get to chapter 2 to talk about this subject. But as you expect, you may expect this uh, exploitation of the poor uh, from the Gentiles. And God does rebuke the nation surrounding uh, Israel. Uh, these six surrounding nations were Darius, that was the capital of Syria. Uh, Gaza, which was the capital of Palestine, or in the Palestinians, they lived there. There was Tyre, Anam, the Ammonites, and Moabites. And you would expect that from nations that didn't know the Word of God. They didn't know the commands of God to take care and love for people. But in Amos chapter 2, really through the end of the book, I think it's 14 chapters, he calls out God's people, Judah, Israel, these tribes that were abusing the poor and sinning, knowing they should be doing something, but didn't do it. You know, James tells us if you know what's good, 
and you don't do it, it's a sin. Oftentimes we think about sin, we think about don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But God had commanded his people and he commands you and I to love everyone and to take care of the poor. And that's exactly what they were not doing. And so Amos calls out in chapter 2 verses 6 through 8, it says this. This is sort of what made me think about this subject. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment. So he's basically saying, listen, I've warned you three, but not for four. Enough is enough. I'm going to uh, punish you because, and this is reason why, they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth. And turn aside the way of the afflicted. A man and his father go into the same girl, so that my name, my holy name is profaned. They lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge. And in the house of their God, they drink the wine of those who have been fined. It's an Old Testament passage. We need some context. But basically, in this section, God calls his people out for sin. And we see that they're guilty of injustice. In verse 6 and 7, it really talks about that. It says that the this text says they supported corrupt judges. The rich were suing the poor, and the poor couldn't even hire lawyers, uh, people to represent them. Uh, they wouldn't be, they couldn't pay their bills, so then they were forcing the poor people to uh, go into servitude or slavery. The poor was trampled like the dust of the earth, the text says, and God was not pleased by their actions. And he compares this sin, right? He compares this sin of putting down the poor and not taking care of them, but abusing them to some really gross sins. Did you notice this? In verse 7 and 8, in verse 7, he warns them of sexual immorality and he calls them out for this. He says, where a father and son were sleeping with the same woman. This was actually um, a common religious prostitute practice back in the day. And because of their idolatry, uh, they were worshiping other gods and had temple prostitutes. This would actually be happening. And God, God calls them out for this sin. And oftentimes, you and I, we have no problem calling out for people for sexual sin, do we? We know this is the will of God that we would abstain from and we would have sexual purity. Verse 8, he says, he warns them of their open idolatry. It was open. They were laying their garments out on the altar. They were abusing people, taking people's garments, laying them in the altar, and they were just doing their thing. They were still going to the house of the Lord, but their hearts were for, far from God because they were living in sin. And again, we don't, we don't say this is um, uncommon. We recognize that this is sin, and we call people out for idolatry. And just as Amos calls out these sins, these gross sins of idolatry and uh, abusing the, the uh, altar in the house of God or sexual immorality, he calls them out as well for not taking care of the poor people the people that were in need. He continues to do this throughout the book in Amos chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Amos chapter 5, 11 through 15, Amos chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. Over and over again, God wanted his people to know that he loves everyone, including the poor, and he commanded these people, the Israelites, the Jewish nation, to love the poor. You and I are called to love them and to help and to serve. Let me read you a text in Deuteronomy. Because again, this gives us a lot more context of God's heart for the poor and for us to care for the poor. Because he gave the nation direction on where to go and what to do. This will of God written in the precepts of God. 
In verse 7 through 11, God would tell the people, If among you one of your brothers should become poor, if any of your towns within your land that your Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, The seventh year, the year of the release is near, and your eye look grudgingly on the poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry to the Lord against you, and you become guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be begrudgingly uh, when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor people in the land, meaning that you can always do this good. You can always love people and help people out and be generous. Therefore, I command you, the Lord says, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. And this is exactly what they were disobeying in. They had gotten direction. You may say, well, the other nations may not have the word of the Lord, but the word of the Lord came to these the God's people, the Jewish nation, and God wants us to represent him, wanted the nation to represent his kingdom. And just as he loved the poor, he wanted uh, his followers to love the poor as well. You see, our God is a loving and generous God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Uh, we were all poor, spiritually bankrupt in our own sin. But God provided a wage and a debt that we couldn't pay. And Jesus paid a great price on the cross for you and I for our sins. This is a generous God that he would give. And he wanted the blessing not only to go to the nation of Israel, but to everyone else. And he wants the blessing that he gives to us, not only to go to our hearts, but that love to pour out into other people. Colossians 2 verses 13 and 15 says that Jesus canceled the record of debt that stood against us. And now we're to generously love other people. And part of that is financially providing for those that are in need. And just as God loves us who were poor, he wants us to love other people, including the poor. God wants us to love all people. Proverbs 14.31 says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Did you know that you could honor God when you are generous to people in need? And are generous to the needy, people that we would maybe society would look down upon that are poor. We are able to express God's love towards others by our actions. And this word isn't just for Judah or for Israel in the book of Amos, but this is for you and I as followers of Christ. First Timothy chapter six, verse seventeen through nineteen, it says, As for the rich in this present age, and let me just say, if you have any spare change or a dollar in your house, you're rich in this age. Americans, we are rich. We are blessed. We have been prospering by God's grace. And God wants us to use that grace to represent Him and to love other people. So as for you, who are rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or prideful, nor set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. I was thinking about that because my little daughter, she's just always ready to share. We have some money in our house, some extra change. We have a whole bunch of change and we always put it in, put it in, put it in, put it in, and splurge and spin it on it. But this opportunity came and we spent that change to splurge, but not on ourselves to feed people. And it was her idea, and I'm so proud of her. And just as it makes me 
pleased with my daughter and seeing her generous heart to want to care for other people, God is pleased with us as he sees our heart to care for other people and take care of them. The text says to the text says that um, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of which is truly life. I, I don't know how much money you have in your bank account, but having a whole bunch of money in your bank account, the Bible says, isn't truly life. Money is a tool. The love of money is a root of all evil, but money is not evil. God actually blesses people like you and I and followers to have finances. You shouldn't feel guilty. You shouldn't feel pride, though, acting as if it's just for you. No, God wants to release that pride. And in humility, he wants you to bless other people and for you to be blessed. Because he said it is better to give than to receive. And so I pray this was just an encouraging reminder for you to be generous to the poor. Oftentimes we think of other things, sins, again, like things we're not supposed to do, but God actually has a purpose and a plan for our lives and wants us to do things. And so I always say something is better than nothing, right? You might not be able to do everything because the needs are great. Even the text says you're always going to have poor, but you can meet some needs. What would those needs be today? How can you pray about it? Who do you know that needs a helping hand that you can bless financially? Maybe with food, maybe pay a bill, maybe uh, adopt a child, maybe support a, a missionary, someone that needs some help, and you may be able to provide for that. Uh, pray about how you can meet the needs of others. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, and just remember to take care of the poor. God wants us to understand that He loves all people. Let's not show favoritism towards race, not show favoritism towards uh, economic status or social status. Listen. Let's love people, and one of the ways we can do that is provide and be generous for them. And so God bless you. I pray the Spirit speaks to you, and let's just continue to get into God's Word and have Him minister through it. Thanks so much for uh, spending time with me. I know uh, this is just during the week, and it's random, so make sure you hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel. The bell, you'll get a notification, and keep on checking back because we're going to keep on giving you God's Word. God bless you.